One of my good friends at college, LeBrent, they call him, is a huge real estate agent. And if anyone is looking to buy or sell a home, it could be commercial properties, it could be luxury properties, call Brent. Buy with Brent, baby. And I will leave his number in the description for you guys. So hit him up. If you want a jewel pod vending machine or jewel pods in general, hit up Podplug. They can place one into clubs, fraternity houses, or even sorority houses. This next advertisement will be covered by Jason, my roommate in New York City. Ever wonder where Jimmy Boy got his sick cover art? Check out K. Lohi on Instagram. It's really important for you guys to write a nice review and give five stars when you get a chance. Help support the JB Show. I appreciate any and all feedback. Thank you guys so much. And lastly, enjoy the show. What's up? Welcome back to the JB Show today. I have Jake Goldberg with us. Thank you for coming on, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. And for those who don't know, could you give us a bit of a background about who you are and kind of the things you've done? Uh, yeah. Um, so I guess I know I know Jimmy through his sister. Um, I went to CU Boulder, graduated last May. I'm originally from New York, Westchester, New York, uh, Chappaqua which is uh, home to the Clintons. Before that, I Most lived in- Clintons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hillary and Bill Clinton live there. They uh, make uh, casual, yet not very modest, humble appearances. Uh, Have you seen but, them around? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they come to the Memorial Day parades and Bill likes taking walks around and with his secret service behind him casually. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah, uh, before that, I lived in Israel for five years. Um, no way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I lived in Tel Aviv. I have a lot of family there. My mom's originally from there. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's like the most basic, vague uh, breakdown of where I've been. Uh, not really touching upon what I've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, throughout high school, middle school, elementary school, actually, I started acting. Uh, it was originally my younger sister's, or my, sorry, my older sister's um, dream to be an actress, so... My mom sent pictures of all three of us, all three of my siblings, my older sister, my younger sister, and I, to a bunch of agencies. I ended up getting called back for one, and yeah, kind sister, of uh, a, little, a little salty. <laughs> she, 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 she was actually for a little bit, but she's you know it's it's in the past. She's mm-hmm. uh, she's a fashion designer now, so she's she's happy. She's always been talented. She's always been an artist. So, uh, yeah. well, you know, a little uh, animosity here and there, but nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, so yeah, kind of. Started in third or fourth grade, I would say. Um, yeah, and really just snowballed from there. Uh, took a little bit of a break for college, uh, so I wasn't really doing much acting throughout college. And now I'm back into it. I uh, just recently got signed to an agency, recently just been going on auditions, taking classes, sharpening the tools back up, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll make something of it. In the meantime, I am working at an ad agency, a, uh, a primarily focused in fashion merchandising. I saw that on LinkedIn. I looked up your LinkedIn and um, your yeah. pictures of you riding an elephant. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I figured, you know, <laughs> it's, it's usually like the, the clean cut behind a white background suit and tie picture. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not really that type. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it'd be cool to have a little uh, little change of pace on the LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. So what was that like growing up? Even in elementary school, just being in those movies, were you getting like a lot of attention from your teachers? And I just definitely want to hear about that. Um, yeah, I would say a good amount. Very understanding. 
I would say the the kids I grew up with throughout like elementary, middle, high school were all they kind of you know they they grew up with it, so it wasn't really it was kind of a different dynamic mm-hmm. than the the friends I met in college who kind of were just introduced to it off the right off the bat. Yeah. Um. So it was it was. I kind of grew into being this, you know, the kid actor, the kid who was in Grown Ups, whatever, yeah. the kid who was in the Backyardigans throughout. <laughs> the Backyardigans, that's great. Yeah, the Backyardigans, <laughs> hey, man, that's that's my uh, prized possession, my, my prized role. I fucking love Which character were you in that? I was uh, Pablo the Penguin. That's awesome. Yeah. So our camp always had an um, ongoing joke about the theme song for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've made some hilarious memes about the Backyardigans, too, actually, where they're just like, they put some, like, trap music behind the uh the, <laughs> yeah, int- the intro <laughs> song which is pretty good uh but yeah i mean everybody was very understanding it was a little weird i mean not to sound cliche but there were like you know times where i just wanted to chill and yeah of course uh hang out with my friends and play sports and you know i had like a fucking girlfriend in seventh grade who like i fell in love with and then like i had to leave <laughs> i had to leave for growing up in seventh grade yes yeah, so, yeah i'm a i'm a young romantic um, I gotcha. you know just left seventh grade and it was it was tough i you know i was like i had to leave early and i had to do that again you left to go year. to la it, we actually shot in Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like the the whole summer, and you know, it's it's kind of hard to complain about things like that because yeah. they're they they are like a great opportunity, and it was an amazing experience, and blah blah blah. But no, it truly was. It really was. But there are you know, there's ups and downs to everything. There's pros and cons. At the end of the day, it is it is a business. You know, yeah. uh, a movie production is a business, and people treat it as such. And but from the other side, I feel like people view it as just having a, like a blast 24-7. Exactly. It's, it's, glamour, blasts, it's glamorized. And it is, you know, it is awesome. You yeah. know, there's there's free food, catering, whatever snack you may need. There's, you know, literally people at your service, like the production assistants are pretty much there to make sure you have what you need. Yeah. Um, they put you in nice hotels. They fly you in, you know, business class, whatever. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very, you, you're treated very nicely. Um, but yeah, I think starting that and being introduced to that at a, at a young age, especially when it kind of, from my perspective, at least happened very quickly. Yeah, of course. Um, so, and, and on top of that, it wasn't something that I had like envisioned myself doing or like, you know, it wasn't something that I was necessarily passionate about. It just kind of snowballed, like I said, and it, and I went with it and mm-hmm. I had a good time. But it was overwhelming at times and it was stressful and I did feel the pressure of like, you know, being on set with these people. Um, but, you know, looking back in retrospect, it, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't change anything. I've grown. I've learned a ton from it. Um, and, you know, whatever, like, I guess, hard feelings I had or doubts about it have kind of shifted a little bit. And I realized that it, you know, it was an amazing opportunity and it still can be, which mm-hmm. is why I, you know, decided to get back into it again. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was a lot, but no, I just, just, um, a couple other things. So were you ever like stopped by people just, you know, going back at school, taking pictures and all that and all that stuff i guess because at that time pretty much everyone knew what was going on yeah i mean i guess that that's the thing you know throughout middle school elementary school whatever the the kids that i was with the kids that i was growing up with you know i was just jake and Mm -hmm. then i started doing this shit 
So they just still saw me as Jake. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was necessarily like treated differently or people started asking me for autographs or pictures. I would get like yeah. stopped in the hall and be like, I see that line, dude. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, all right. What's the, like, what's the most famous line you've had to do? Uh, deal. I mean, honestly, like, like <laughs> you remember one? There was I did this like Verizon commercial. Yeah, that's awesome. And it was literally just I, you know, my dad hands me a phone and I'm like on a staircase and I'm just like awesome and like people would just like stop me. I'll be like, yo, dude, say awesome. And like, all right, like awesome. Or just like hi, I'm Pablo. Like just stupid shit like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean, but people have I guess stopped me weirdly like in in different countries. Uh, when I was in Thailand last summer, uh, I definitely want to talk about Thailand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best two months of my life. Southeast you were Asia. There for two months. Southeast. Yeah. It wasn't only Thailand. All right. So yeah. So, um, I was just abroad in Australia this past semester. Best like semester of my entire life. And we yeah. hit Southeast Asia as well. And those places are just incredible. Incredible. Where did you go in Southeast Asia? Uh, so we started, well, actually it, we started on birthright. Uh, okay. So we did birthright. We extended for like five days. Who's we, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it was me, uh, my friend Alex, my friend David, my friend Ori. We all did birthright together. Then David had to go start work because this was our senior year, like graduating. Yeah. Uh, so he had gotten a job, uh, you know, like prior to graduating. So he had like a, a start date already. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, all right, let's use this summer to travel because yeah. after the summer, we're, you know, our lives are practically over for, <laughs> for a good amount of time uh Fuck. yeah yeah that's a yeah rude, rude awakening but it's you know it's an adjustment it's a transition You'll right get... i mean not man i'm getting there I'm, yeah uh, i'm worried about what's going to happen but um try not to stress too hard yeah don't then you know take, yeah, take a day take it a day by out. day yeah. exactly it'll all fall into place um but yeah traveled southeast asia started in vietnam we did vietnam for two weeks Started like farther toward the north of the country and then made our way south. We actually didn't hit Ho Chi Minh, which is like the like southernmost city. Haven't heard of that. Yeah, Ho Chi Minh City. It's, I mean, honestly, it's like the industrial city. And then we're like, they do a lot of their manufacturing, whatever else. And then we started in uh, Hanoi, which is like the political city. So yeah. think think like Ho Chi Minh would be... I guess New York and then Washington DC would be Hanoi okay. type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then from there we went to Com- Cambodia, Siem Reap. We saw Angkor Wat. We did the whole temple thing. Uh, saw a few waterfalls, ate a lot of food. I got so sick from eating food in Southeast Oh Asia. yeah. First, first <laughs> week of Vietnam, we were only eating street food oh, and our stomachs were just not used to it. Did you get the typhoid it. shot? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I don't know if it did much, but I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, I didn't get, I didn't even know what the fuck typhoid <laughs> is, honestly. But. I think it's a disease you get through drinking water. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I tried to stay away from drinking the water, but yeah. then we we realized like we were drinking water with ice in it for like the longest time. And we're like, oh, maybe like, that's oh, why shit. I've been like shitting my brains out <laughs> for the past two weeks. But we got used to it. Our stomachs adjusted, and mm-hmm. it was incredible. Uh, after Cambodia, we went to the uh, blah, 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 Thailand. We did Thailand for like a little over two weeks. Um, That's one of my favorite places. Ever. Yeah, Thailand was absolutely incredible. Um, really, really, really fun. We did. did you go back? Yeah, I, I have yeah. to go back yeah. because, I mean, those places you could spend months at a time just in and Vietnam spend alone. Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Because we no, that's we were, we were on a tight budget just because, you know we. 
I mean, we had just graduated. Yeah. Our senior years were just like this splurge of just like indulging in whatever we yeah. could. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, we, we obviously, you know, wanted to have a good time, but you can have a fucking incredible time in Southeast Asia for, you know, super, super cheap. We went out one night and we were like balling out for our, one of our like final dinners. I think it was in Chiang Mai. Yeah. And then we all ordered a bunch of shit and then uh, the waitress came back and it was like $15 a person. I was just like, for the most expensive meal in Chiang Mai, that's like the cheapest meal in New York crazy, City. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, so. You could have a full meal I for know. fucking a dollar, like yeah. a street food. Uh, go, yeah, I mean, I made like 50 bucks last over a week. It was yeah. like insane. Hostels are ranging from like- Oh, you stayed in the hostels? Yeah, we stayed in only hostels. We did air, we did an Airbnb. Airbnb just yeah, ho- no, hostels yeah. were the best call for me. I just- You meet so many interesting people. Exactly. Too. You you meet a ton of people. You get a lot of advice on, you know, I mean, people are in the hostels, you're assuming, I mean, you're, you don't even have to assume. You can pretty much know that they were, you know, at yeah. a place before they were there. And they can say, yeah, I was just here. It was either really great. You should, you know, check it out or it sucked. Avoid that place. Mm-hmm. And you just make friends. You go out with people. You meet girls. You meet whatever. It's it's awesome. Honestly, like the, the hostels in <laughs> in Vietnam were insane. It like was just nice like, or just crazy? Both. Yeah. Some were shitty. Some were shitty. There, there, There's a Vietnam backpacker hostels, which is like a chain of hostels throughout Vietnam. And they, they kind of, they, they have these... Um, these tours that they do. So we did like a seven day tour through Vietnam backpackers hostel, which mm-hmm. took us down, uh, you know, down Vietnam, which was absolutely incredible. They have all these things set up for you. You stay at all the Vietnam backpacker hostels. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, yeah, it's pretty much a huge party. Um, and it's super cheap too. I mean, you, uh, some of the hostels were literally $7 a night. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you're sharing with, <laughs> You're sharing with random people, but you have a little cubby that you can yeah. lock all your shit. And did you go to Phuket at all? We did Phuket for a, I think a night. It was kind of just like a layover. Crazy si- I think that's probably the craziest city I've been to. Just of people grabbing you and just yeah, yeah, little, yeah, that one strip. Yeah, literally, like all these massage people are coming up to you, like groping you, and you're trying to trying to yeah, dodge. Yeah, half of them again. are men. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like massage. Yeah, yeah literally. Um, yeah, I mean, Phuket we did for a night and then we, um, that was just kind of like a layover city to get to the islands. And then from Phuket, we took a, we took a ferry to the PP Islands, Yeah, PP Islands was awesome. Yeah, PP Did was, you notice the water was so warm there? The water was so warm and that's actually when I realized how, how severe the plastic problem it's, is. There's places of the ocean where there's so much fucking trash it's it you was go swimming in trash it was actually so so terribly sad to see because the island was beautiful yeah and you know the water was beautiful but it was just riddled with like no trash. fish either there was like barely any fish yeah i mean yeah it's like one it's a death trap yeah. for a fish you <laughs> yeah. know <laughs> or for any marine yeah. life uh so that was like a rude awakening and kind of put things in perspective and we'd actually spoken to people who had been there like 10 years before. And yeah. they were like, yeah, this place was pristine. It yeah. was like an untouched island. And now it's like kind of a shithole. Have you seen is... the movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? The, the the beach. Yes. Yeah. So they closed that beach off to put it on reserve now. So you, it's closed off for, I think, 10 to 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So that's I mean, honestly, of, you yeah. got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I, I was actually like talking with my friends about that because I was like, we have to go to yeah. this beach. It looks We even... all d- went there, but we couldn't actually go to the beach. Yeah. We actually saw, we were on one of the boats and we saw some guy playing with a monkey. 
and it was standing on his shoulder and it did like a little backflip on his shoulder and then it bit him in the neck. Oh my God. So then all these boats started coming up to him and like they drove him off because that's like really... Uh, yeah, they're dirty animals. Yeah, they're filthy. The, the, I mean, the, no, the, that's what we were saying actually. The monkeys of Southeast Asia are like the raccoons of... Or the rats of New York City, yeah. pretty much. They're everywhere. and There's some fat rats in New York City. Yeah. There are. I see, like, at least a rat a day. <laughs> we should go rat hunting. Yeah, we should. <laughs> They're definitely overpopulated and taking over. But who knows what's going down in the subway system? They're probably plotting some yeah. mass Massive terror. Massive scheme. Yeah. Like, have you seen the movie Ratatouille? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah, probably just, like, hiding in our hats, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Controlling the I wish work. rats were that cute and yeah. that talented. They're, They're not like little pests. dogs. <laughs> Actually, like, pet rats are pretty cool. I, I, I would, like, I wouldn't mind a pet rat. I don't know. So, if, if a pet rat escapes, right, from your friend's cage, would you kind of go out and, like, hunt for and pick it up? I don't think I would. I mean, you'd have to, like... I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I feel like they're they're clean. You know, they've been like domesticated rats, yeah. to a certain extent. I would not, no way in hell touch a like a city rat. They have like tons of diseases probably, yeah. and they live in trash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so many tangents here. We're like, yeah. I like it. No, it's literally this is <laughs> yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Wait, so transitioning to college, um, you were in Fisai, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the first time I met you, and that's the first time I really discovered house music. Like, you guys are yeah. like, the start of house music. Yeah. Because I hated it when I first got there. My sister was just shitting on me because I wasn't a big fan, but then um, in Australia, they're really big into house, and that's when I kind of picked it up. Hell like, yeah. Yeah. I, you guys uh, you it, fucking started for me, though, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy we introduced you to house music. <laughs> I was actually not a huge fan at first. I didn't really get it. I mean, I think I my the the way it was introduced to me wasn't like the proper way because there's obviously so many different genres of EDM. Yeah. And a lot of it, I mean, listen, like freshman year of high school, like fucking Bass Nectar and Dr. P or whatever his name is and Excision and all that, like heavy dubstep. I was just like. I didn't, was so turned off about that. I, I loved it. Really? And then I got to college and I was just like, this is terrible like i have i'm having a fucking anxiety attack just listening to this shit and Wait, then, so so you're saying the more chill music you were like fuck this yeah the higher music you were like i love this shit actually no no i i had never heard of house music okay um at the time like for like freshman year of, of high school because i think it kind of like started off like the whole edm trend started off with dubstep and that was like the main thing that kind of started the whole thing and then yeah i guess honestly like CU Boulder and Fisai and a lot of California kids too were very like into house music and tropical house and whatever else and that really that really got me into it and at first I because I'd, I'd started throughout high school started hating dubstep so I kind of went into like the mentality the whole like I kind of went into it just like not liking just shrugging off yeah. all EDM mm-hmm. without knowing that there's so many different types uh, but yeah, I, I thought EDM was just one umbrella. Right exactly. Yeah. But there's, yeah, there's yeah. so much to listen to. Uh, but now, yeah, now I love it. I mean, oh. I, uh, the Martinez brothers, I mean, that's, there's, again, it's not all house music. Yeah. Some of it is like techno-y. Some of it's like a dubstep, little. Dubstep maybe. I mean, no. I don't really know the difference. Like, no, du- <laughs> dubstep is like the womps, like okay. the really heavy, like, <laughs> like cannot, that, that is just like terrible. Cannot listen to that at all. But then, you know, you have like. Like so, uh, Dirty Bird, you have the Martinez brothers. You Dur- were at the Dirty Bird concert, yeah, my sister, right? Dirty Bird, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Dirty Bird is is awesome. Um, 
They're they're really cool. It's you just can't really dance the dubstep. I'm obsessed with Fisher, dude. Just yeah. because in Austria. Are, are you gonna from, be here for uh for his concert? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go to the Brooklyn Mirage for that concert. Yeah. The one thing I, I missed out on tickets early, so um I just have to probably cop them pretty soon. So I've been trying actually to go on the Facebook page, and I was actually your sister sent me a link. Yeah, she sent, but it expired by the time I clicked yeah, on it. Instantly. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're like 140 bucks now. They like released at 45 dollars. But I, I saw him in Atlantic City, and we were like front row, and he was unreal. Oh yeah, I mean Fisher's Fisher and Chris Lake. It's an incredible duo, and they're fucking awesome. You know the song "Dance with Me" by Chris Lake? Yeah, that's like my new favorite song. Yeah, yeah. And I like it's just discovered that vibey. Yeah, it's, it's, it's straight vibes. Straight vibes, <laughs> and you can dance to it, which is that's the main difference between dubstep and house. I, you know, I like dancing and you're kind of just like headbanging to yeah. dubstep. So what do you think the main differences are between, now that you're in New York City, it's the fastest paced city in the United States. I feel like that for myself, but Boulder was so laid back. Yeah. So what's that transition like for you? I mean, I actually I actually moved into the city two weeks ago. I moved in July 1st. Oh, you've only been here for two weeks? Yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been commuting into the city. Okay. I've been working in the city since September. Well, if, yeah, if you... Or now that you're in the city, I was just saying you can crash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that would have been helpful two weeks ago. But. No, I have my own place uh, with two other roommates. Uh, it's coming together. Still like some work to be done. You know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. random things around the house. But very happy to be moving in. Very happy to be out of the house. Uh, very happy that my commute has been cut by an hour, an hour and a half. <laughs> no, I was, can you hand me another brew? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like points. I you like, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, crack. Ah, that's that should be an ad. Yeah. Sponsor him, Bud Light. Um, yeah, it's it's been nice. It's been really nice living in the city. Uh, it's also been kind of stressful. Um, I lived, you know, I lived in the suburbs. I lived in Chappaqua, which is yeah. like really nice. Super. What's the commute from Chappaqua to here? Chappaqua to like Grand Central is about. 50 minutes okay. to an hour and then from grand central to where i work is another like 25 so it's a, in total like door to door an hour and a half and how far are you from the kiss store because that's where my office is kind of right near oh oh i'm yeah like a seven seven to ten minute walk oh that's all it yeah it's pretty close yeah very very close yeah. um but going what you're saying <laughs> yeah i sidetracked you no no it's <laughs> i um I like it. I like it a lot. It's very fast paced. It's. I think it's a great place to grow and meet new people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives you a lot of energy. Uh, you kind of have to like live with the energy, or else you'll just get swallowed by it. What do you mean by that? Uh, I think I, it's just kind of like everybody's moving fast. Yeah. Everything is moving fast. Uh, people have places to go. People want to get things done. People, you know, are are focused and they're motivated, and that motivates you and makes you more focused and gives you energy. Um, I think, you know, energy is a real thing in different places. You feel it. You feel different things in different places. You know, you go to LA, you'll feel a different energy. You go to Vietnam, you'll feel a different energy. So it's, it's a great place to, I think, to kick off your life and to network and to meet people and, you know, experience different things and you know see what you like see what you don't like there's everything is here everything's at the tip of your fingers and it's all accessible and it's it's a great thing it can be overwhelming at times for sure and for somebody who's you know not a city person or is coming from i don't know oklahoma it could be it could be a nightmare um but yeah i love it 
I I love I love the fast pace. I love I love the lights. I love that there's always something going on. You know, one of the most depressing things for me was like coming home, coming like home to Chappaqua after working and you know, just driving to my house and it just being dead. Yeah. And that's it's just like it really it hits you and it just it drains you almost. And you don't feel like doing anything because there's because there's nothing to do and nobody's doing anything. And here there's just there's always things to do. There's so many different things to do. And I love that. The one thing you realize while working is how much you appreciate what happens after work. Exactly. Yeah, because even in college sometimes yeah. I just get home, I'm just like, shit, I need to take a nap or like, yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. Or like you rest up before you go out, but Especially in the city, it's just like kind of like after work, it's just like you like got shit to do, like right, no matter what, exactly. to get out of bed, which is great. Exactly. And I keep running into people I haven't seen in like 10 to 12 years. Yeah. Like at some of the bars, it's great. It's awesome. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, that's also a thing. That's a, that's a Jewish geography yeah, thing. It is. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's that's not a coincidence. Yeah. We're, we're all going to the same places here. Um, Are you going out right now in like Midtown area, Chelsea area, or kind of East Village? I, I, you know, this is like, I, you know, I guess a touchy, a touchy weeks, thing. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I go out. Yeah. Um, I go out, bro. Uh, <laughs> you smoke? Uh, you drink? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I went out even when I was living in Chappaqua. I was going out, sleeping on friends' couches. Um, every weekend I was just living out of a bag. We, we don't really go out in Midtown. I would say we have our... Lower East Side spots. Oh, yeah. I, need, I mean, spots. I need some more spots because I know Harry the Dog's pretty fun. Every weekend we've been doing B bar and like no you yeah. gotta you gotta get out yeah, you gotta get the it, it was fuck <laughs> out of there dude it was fun for a couple of weeks but now it's just kind of getting a little bit old no it's it's no go no, no go? go no go <laughs> like not at all you you could not catch me dead at B bar that so was just, where can I catch you alive where where can you catch me alive depending what time um <laughs> so I, we're we're gonna give you say you just get out like because people go out kind of late in the city let's say it's like eleven thirty to twelve a.m. Where can where can we catch you at live? Eleven thirty to twelve a.m. Or maybe are you still pre gaming at that? Eleven <laughs> thirty? Yeah, we might we might still be at home pre gaming. Damn. Um, but I mean, you got you got to go to like I guess Lower East Side. There's you know around like Orchard Street. Um, there's a bunch of really cool little bars. Uh, I you know like Public is cool, which is more of like a club type. Yeah, it was actually Public at the is, rooftop though. Yeah, yesterday. Pub, public is really cool. It's kind of expensive. There's usually a cover. Uh, let's see, make believe, home sweet home. Uh, I guess like late, you, like two, three a.m. You'll catch me at like Sophie's or Josie's, which are a cool so little dive Jake bars. So will be at Sophie's for all that. Uh, yeah, for, for all interested, <laughs> uh, catch me at Sophie's or Josie's at two to three a.m. Playing pool and fucking with the jukebox. Um, Sophie's more of a, is it like a different type of vibe? Because you just said jukebox. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a dive bar. It's pretty much just like a bar, pool table, and jukebox. It's a funky crowd. It's fun. Um, Anthony Bourdain like put it on one of his like blogs or sp- speaks about it in Parts Unknown in New York City. I don't know where it is, but Vice like did an article about it about Anthony Bourdain and his spots in the city. And like Sophie's was like the front page of the article. And me and all my friends were like, fuck, it's just going to like blow up and kind of going to suck. But it hasn't, which is nice. Um, Uh, Maybe now it will. So maybe now. Yeah. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one who fucked it up. Not not the uh, not the Vice article. That'd be ironic. 
Wait, so just to fast forward a bit, I cannot believe you spent five years in Israel. So I was just actually on Birthright. Um, I went with Ohio State, which is pretty interesting. I met all new kids. I'm kind of, right now in my life, I kind of like to get thrown out there and just meet people. Hell yeah. Not really, yeah. It's just like what I'm learning as a person. But That's awesome. I met one kid who was actually in Faisal. He was on my program. I don't know if you know Aiden. He was Aiden a freshman when only? he was- only, only, only. He's a rapper. Like he does. Is he I, from Brooklyn? He's from Ohio or Cleveland. He's from Cleveland. He actually was on one of my uh, music advertisements for one of my early. Oh no, Aiden. Aiden, that's a different Aiden. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, honestly, I kind of, I kind of, after sophomore year, after yeah, living in the house, most, yeah. you kind of just like have your group of friends. I mean, that I, you've like met yeah. and. You kind of just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to like shit on Faisai. It was an incredible time. I love all those fucking kids. But I mean, it's also a bigger, like a state school vibe versus mine where there's maybe like 85 to 90 kids in the whole fraternity versus what is there, like 140 in yours? Or um, I, Honestly, the, when we started, it was it was pretty small. Really? Yeah, it, it was pretty, pretty small. Our pledge class was like, I think ended up being like 25 to 30 kids. Mm-hmm. And from there we kind of, we expanded and we, uh, I take, I take pride and I won't even hesitate to say that we turned that frat around. Um, and I'm sure every pledge class says that, but <laughs> no, every pledge class does say that let's change things. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the thing is like we were, we had a terrible reputation. Mm-hmm. We had a kid die in the frat house of a heroin overdose i mean yeah we were seen as this like dungeon of a house that people you know was just super creepy and super dark and scary and depressing that you know just then when jake entered the trap house really uh turned around who when jake entered the frat things really turned around right yeah (laughs) i I was i was the uh the pivotal point no it it was it was everybody Mm. it was kind of you know it's it's who you pick who you think is a, actually like a good person who's not gonna you know join a frat and then turn into a drug addict because that happens a lot. <laughs> I mean, no, especially it really does. I've seen it before. As, exactly, it's, it's sad though. It's terribly sad, and you know I've seen it happen right before my eyes. I've seen people go down that path, and there's not much you can do about it. And you think whether it's you try to like I don't really know the word for it, but justify that. If he didn't join the frat, it wouldn't have happened. But right. I really don't know what to say because it probably wouldn't have happened. I yeah. I agree. I mean, it depends. You can't. Not there, to say I, there's no clear fault, there's no yeah. clear cut answer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 everywhere when you're in a frat house. There's everything is accessible. Whatever drug you want, somebody's doing, and you can either join or you can say no, thank you. Oh, burp. <laughs> Bud Light. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know, it's to each their own. But and, or you can you know experiment and try and then say you know keep it. It's it's all in moderation. <laughs> you know <laughs> until it's it becomes a problem. <laughs> exactly. But you know there and you know then it's you know it takes in addictive personalities and you know not knowing what to stop and whatever else. Mm. There's some things that are out of your control. Some things in your control. But I think at the end of the day, if you're self aware. If you have a good head on your shoulders, you can you can see yourself slipping. You can see yourself kind of going down the wrong path, and you can cut it off before you can't cut it off. And I'm gonna sound like Gary V right wow. now. Let's go, Gary V. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta do what you want to do. Uh, your parents have a vision for you. They've always had this path that they think you'll go down, uh, and it's 
yeah, probably pretty tough to tell them, hey, I'm not doing that or I'm going to do this and kind of, you know, shatter this vision that they had. But you got to do what makes you happy. You got to do you. Uh, and if that involves, you know, moving abroad for a few years and exploring and, you know, meeting new people and getting out of your comfort zone, which I think is awesome and a huge, huge opportunity to grow and find yourself, then by all means do it. And sorry, mom and dad, but like tell them to fuck off and do it. It's uh, not that my parents are really against it. It's just my, especially my dad, like love them half to death. They just didn't. And my mom, they just didn't know I was this serious about it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Cause they're just like, People, even even my some of my best friends, are just like you got to weigh the cost of you know living over there, the plane tickets for us over here. But I'm just saying, Australia is super expensive. It is. Definitely. I know that. Yeah, I know but it's, that. It's more about is it just about the money or is it about the other factors too? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I, I can relate to that completely. Just based off of moving to the city, I you know I could have I could have kept living at home, saving up money. Um, you know, bringing, you know, I mean, I living at home, I barely spent any money. Yeah. I, I mean, aside from not paying rent, my mom cooked for me. She packed me lunches. God bless you. What type mother. of lunches are we talking real quick? She's, she's I an Israeli. Yeah, I love food. We could talk food too. Yeah. Um, she's an Israeli mom. So she cooks incredible, incredible food. She's an amazing schnitzel? chef. No, schnitzel. She's, she's a Sephardic. Mm. So she's the, uh, they're like the Mediterranean Jews, so there's a little more, a little more spice, a little more flavor, a lot more complexity to the flavors of the food. It's more like, uh, like I don't know. I'm trying to like think of a, like a food like shakshuka. Have you, you ever oh, yeah, heard of shakshuka? shakshuka? So yeah, that's with the tomatoes, the eggs. Exactly. That's that's more like that. It's more that vibe. Awesome. Than like fucking cabbage and schnitzel, mm-hmm. um, which is and you know. Matzo ball soup. Or matzo ball soup. God bless. It's it's great. It's great. We had a um, bring your own food to to school day in second grade, and I brought in matzo ball soup, and no one had any idea what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's favorite food. My there, my yeah. mom came. Uh, my mom came to our my first grade class and made latkes for uh, for what what holiday is that? Fuck. Uh, Hanukkah. Yeah, that's bad. Hanukkah. Maybe cut that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she cooks great food. Different, you know. Chicken, fish, rice, greens, tofu, really healthy stuff, but like really, really good. Would you go vegan ever or vegetarian or? I've thought about it more as like a, like a, an experimental thing to see how it would make me feel physically. Mm -hmm. I love animals. I absolutely love, love, love animals. I've always loved animals. Half of my Instagram following is just like. Please tell me that you like dogs better than cats. Yes, I do. I'm waiting for the butt. There is a butt. I I actually used to hate cats because I just never understood them. And I was just like, like, what? Like, they're kind of like mean. They don't like, they're not like personable. But then you, I kind of appreciated cats for like their individuality. And I had, I actually had like this, I formed, this is going to sound so fucking weird. I love it though. I formed, I formed a relationship with a cat (laughs) uh, one summer in Israel we were staying at an Airbnb. Did you give her some milk? No, it was a mother cat. Oh, it was wow. a mother cat who had just given birth to like a litter of kittens, and she trusted me. So we had formed a relationship. She had mm-hmm. had these kittens, and we we uh, 
we were kind of taking care of these cats, like right after she had given birth to the kittens. And then one day we wake up and the kittens are gone. And we're like, oh my God, like they, we lost the kittens. Like that's terrible. So sad. Cause they were so cute. We were playing with them, whatever. And for two days they were gone. And I would like, I got really close with this mother cat and I would like play with her and she trusted me. And then after two days, she, she led me to them. Wow. She so actually, what did you do when you found them? I well, I told my parents. I was like, <laughs> the cats are alive. We thought like they ran out or got eaten or got ran yeah. over or whatever. And they, she had actually, because it was like my family taking the house, obviously the owner, like she had trusted the yeah. owner. She hid the kittens because she didn't trust us. She didn't know who we were. So she hid the kittens in this little corner of a closet. And she like built this little fort for that them. That is awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And then- at two in the morning, I was still awake. I was like, like about to go to bed, and she, I see her just like, like kind of standing there. And this could be like totally ridiculous of me to say because she could have just been walking to her kittens, but yeah. I followed her. Yeah. Because I felt like Did she, she was, like give a little head nod through. Like, yeah. Jake, she, come on. Yeah. Literally. She, yeah. She said. She said, Jake, come on. Um, and yeah, I the kittens were just there, and I was like, wow, that is incredible. And I, since then, have had a large appreciation for cats but yeah dogs are still better dogs are they're ultimately better yeah more loyal more relatable and sometimes you see a cat and they scratch you and they're just not that nice well exactly what what the hell they why though exactly that's that was my initial problem with cats i was like i didn't do anything yeah you know it's just kind of like once i was just chilling on these set of stairs and this cat wanted to get over me wait crack <laughs> his cats wanted to get over me so you know it pounced out his nails hopped on me went right through my thighs and i was bleeding and i was like fuck these cats yeah yeah that's that was exactly that was like my, my kind of just like screw these cats but at the same time the next day the cat still loved me so i was just like it's confusing with you it's confusing they're, yeah. they're like a mysterious animal yeah, I know. and you don't you can't really figure them out yeah like with a dog, you're like, I know what you like. Yeah. I know what you don't like. With a cat, it's just like they yeah. could like one thing one day and then the next day like scratch you for it. Yeah. Uh, it's like menopause, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Female, well, yeah. Female cats, when they're in, uh, what is it called? When they're in heat. Yeah. They'll they'll actually, I remember my one of my friend's cats in Boulder uh, was in heat and it was just like literally bouncing off the walls. Like it was Ugh. crazy. Like Damn. just purring and just like... <laughs> I was like, whoa, like hormones, cat hormones, pretty wild. But yeah, I love all animals. Back to the vegetarian thing. Yes. Right? Sorry, we got a little sidetracked. No, I love it. I love it. That's usually how conversations go. And I like how that it's not very structured. We're, nice. we're just ha- we're, yeah. we're having a talk we, here. We're talking. We're talking. We're talking. We're talking to you. Yeah. Oh, hey. hey. <laughs> How you going? I'm going. Uh, yeah. So I love food just as much as i like animals so it's it's tough you know like you you know when you, you you're eating a steak or you're eating bacon or chicken or whatever it may be it's it tastes delicious and i don't want to give it up but at the same time it's like are you thinking about the animal at all while eating no, food no no never i'm not no i'll be yeah i'm not honestly i'm not um so yeah, for me, it would be more of like an experimental thing to see what I would physically be feeling. Like if it would be like a, you know, I'd feel more energetic or I'd feel just more like clear headed. Um, I'm always just like trying new things to 
see what uh see you know see if i can reach my max potential i guess (laughs) which is never actually a thing (laughs) because once you think you'll reach your max potential it'll just become normal and then you'll find something else to make it even better which is life essentially um but yeah open to it uh have not tried it yet if the the food was cooked for me i feel like i could do it but it would be pretty tough to kind of cook it on my own i feel like yeah i mean i i love cooking too yeah same here love it um i love cooking like what type of foods are you cooking up i cook a bunch of different shit uh i mean anything from like barbecue food to you know just i get you know chicken i cook like a lot of chicken string beans steak broccoli Is it with a uh, grill or in the pan usually? Pan. Yeah. Pan. For me, it's usually all pan. Yeah. I like, I like, I really like Asian food. So I'll, I'll like cook like an Asian salmon, uh, just like an Asian style salmon, meaning like soy sauce, ginger, sesame seeds, uh, sesame oil, that type of stuff. Do you buy this ginger like whole or are you? Yeah, I, I buy it whole wow. and just like mince it and then put awesome. it on top. Uh, then like, just like stir fry noodles. Uh, and yeah, for me, it's like, I, I've never really looked at a recipe and like, I, I just always see what's in front of me and just kind of whip, exactly. whip it up from there. Yeah, and th- I think that's the best way to do it. Um, cooking is an art form for sure. Did you take a, a cooking class in Thailand? I didn't. Actually, uh, I did. Yeah. I did, that but was the that, most full that I've was, ever been in my life. That was the first. I was actually in Thailand. I went to Thailand twice. So the first time I went was with my ex-girlfriend and her family, um, which was an incredible vacation. Very luxurious. Is that the seventh grade girlfriend? No, 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 oh, no. That was yeah, yeah, no. That was that was way back. All right. Um, this was my high school into college girlfriend. Um, and yeah, we we went on a bunch of incredible trips. So much fun with her family. Ate really good food. Took a cooking class. I think it was through the hotel actually. Okay. Um, and cooked a bunch of different food, which was delicious we did and like, very filling. Um, pad crab pa. Yeah, and then the soup, like... Tum yum? No, I just don't want to pronounce it wrong. It sounds like a dumbass one. Try it anyway. Like soy cow, like mong or something like that. It could be it. It's all like kind of very... And then uh, we did mango sticky rice, spring Mm. rolls. It was really good. Yeah, we did some spring rolls too. Great, all great food. Yeah, I I absolutely... If I were to pick like... And it's, you know, it's a very broad range. You can't say Asian food because... Say Thai food, Vietnamese food. Yeah, but I really do love all types of Asian food more than I would say other types. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to choose, but I love, I love like the spices of like Vietnamese and Thai food. I love like the curry. I love the lemongrass. I they love- use a lot of oyster sauce. Yeah. They which use, I uh, never really like. Oyster sauce. It smells bad, but it tastes great. Fish, it's, it's fish sauce. Yeah. I think you're thinking yeah, yeah. of. Oyster sauce is the- um, I think it is. It's fish sauce. Yeah. Oyster sauce is what you dip in the dumplings. Really? Okay. No, is that no? That's duck sauce. Yeah, that's duck no sauce. oyster sauce is fish sauce. I'm pretty sure. Oh, like it smells like fish. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. It's really. It they smells like a really unappealing. Of oyster sauce, and I was like, always oh, it like a quarter of a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, I love curries. I love just so much flavor. So so much flavor, and so good. I mean, all those soups. I love spicy too. So like the Thai chilies are right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also love like sushi and. I love Korean barbecue. I love like the sweetness of like the Korean of stuff. I love uh, gojujang, which is like this fermented chili paste. I put that in like a bunch of different things. I love kimchi. I love kimchi has a weird taste to me. It's, it's fermented. It's yeah. like it's fermented cabbage. Yeah. It's a very interesting food. I didn't like it at first. I absolutely love it now, and it's really really good for you. 
Really good for you. Really? Tons of probiotics. Okay. Um, Just on the subject of vegan food, so I don't know if you know who Daniel Tay is. He's uh, he's also a kid actor. He was in the movie Elf. He was oh. like Buddy's younger brother in Elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I connected with him through one of the comedians I had on, but... um. We talked about getting on the podcast, but he can't right now, unfortunately, just because he's applying to medical school and he's oh, just wow. censoring a lot of the stuff he's putting out there. Right. But um, yeah, he's vegan. He's been vegan for the past couple of years and he took me out to a vegan uh, restaurant on the Upper East Side and we ordered like chicken nachos and it was made out of soy, but it all tasted great. Yeah. But, yeah. It was no, great. They're, it was they're really mastering the whole yeah. vegan faux foods. Faux? Faux. F-A-U-X. Faux. 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 Yeah. Faux. No, 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 no. Faux as in fake. F-A-U-X. I think it's pronounced faux. Yeah. It's like faux fur or faux. Yeah, faux fur. Faux fur faux. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually such a large debate at Boulder, how how to pronounce faux like the soup. Yeah, I think it's faux. I think it's faux. Faux? Faux. But hey, oh, wow. What's up? What do you see over there? That girl walked, she walked. Uh, past that window completely naked but <laughs> sometimes I'm like walking back here and I've been with people and I just walk back and you just see people naked yeah yeah just, like, in the I'm like worried about that kind of because I, I love I walk around naked every like in my in Definitely, my own domain here. I yeah. love being naked but I also use have... your nature's form you know what I mean yeah. yeah it's the most comfortable way to live in my opinion well, I don't why aren't people walking around naked on the streets well it's well I'll, I'll answer that it's social constructs yeah um but it should be allowed yeah Absolutely. What if there's a day like there's like there's the purge, right? But everybody's walking around naked for a I day. think I think we'd all be a lot more loving and kind to each other. And there'd be a lot more sex going on yeah. as well. <laughs> which is fine. Sex is cool too. Sex is uh cool. Sex is tight. Yeah. Um Um wait, so definitely want to hear about Israel. Just let you dive in for, Israel. for a bit. Yeah, I uh Israel is my home for sure. I have always identified with it. I love Israel. Uh, I have a ton of family there. My mom is one of nine. So, and they all have at least three kids. So it's like a 60 person family on her side. So every time I go there, we're all together. It's absolutely incredible. Big Shabbat dinners, bunch of cousins, my age, younger, older. It's, it's really, really awesome. And aside from that, it's, there's like this, I'm going to go back to the energy. There's just like this amazing energy that you feel there whether you're i think i think if you're jewish you definitely feel it if you're from there if you speak the language you speak hebrew yeah i speak fluent hebrew um yeah i speak with my mom and i i mean i also live there and i speak with my cousins um so yeah i mean it's this this really this like collective effervescence where it's just like you feel this like that everybody's together. It's like almost like this community and everybody has gone through the same things. Everybody's feeling this, this, it's just, there's this really nice community feeling mm-hmm. that everybody's there for each other. Even though like when you're kind of talking to people, they're like very aggressive and like very loud and very like harsh and intense people, but it's just who they are. They're not actually mean. They're just, that's just the way they speak. Yeah. And once you like catch on to that and you can speak like that too, it's just like, it's this bond. It's like this, like, intangible like unsaid thing that you just feel and it's a really beautiful thing uh the food's incredible the beaches are incredible the women are beautiful i love my family there um you know politically it's a tricky situation definitely yeah uh you know for for the longest time i was 
you know, all for Israel, completely pro. Uh, That's had, the left side, right? Yeah. Okay. Left. Uh, Zionist, yeah. pretty much. Um, which means you believe that there should, you know, the Jewish people should have a home in Israel. And I do completely agree. I will. That will never change. Of course not. Um, but, you know, when it comes to like the, you know, how ethical things are over there, how they're treating, you know, people in the Gaza Strip, in the West Bank, I, I've, I've, you know read enough about it i've brought in my perspective to see both sides and to understand both sides which was tough because you know you you grow up in israel you you know my family in israel is obviously completely pro israel you hear you know just you know one side for you grow up with one side and it's tough it's like you know it's you like the eagles right why do you like the eagles because your Some dad part. likes the yeah, eagles yeah. yeah well also you're from philly yeah um but it's kind of, and I guess that's a little different because you're not just going to start liking another team just by doing research and whatever else. But it's just those types of things that are just ingrained in you from a really young age um, that you kind of, once you grow old enough, you have the opportunity to formulate your own opinion and kind of do your own research and see what's actually going on and mm-hmm. hear both sides. Um, so yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. Uh, there's no right answer. It's a, a really shitty situation. Both are at fault. Both have done shitty things. Um, but, you know, I I have family there. I live there. I'm I'm a Jew. And Wait, you are? Yeah. <laughs> Goldberg. Yeah. I know. It's a shock to many. Um, Wait, so you were there for five years, right? Five years, yeah. So did it turn into you were going to go there for a bit or did you know that you were going to live there five years off the bat? No, we we had moved there. For, I was born in New York City. Yeah. Uh, we when moved. was this? By the way, like what? This was no. This was a while ago. It was I was born in the city. Then at three years old, we moved to Tel Aviv. Oh, I thought that, this was like after. Oh, never mind. No, no, no. It was yeah. It was a long time. Okay. Ago, long, long, long time ago. But yeah, beginning of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, once I was like seven years old, seven. You would have had to go to the Israeli army though if you stayed. I still, I still. I mean, I'm a citizen. Yeah. So when I turned eighteen. We had gone, or once I was 18, we went for the summer yeah. as a family, and I actually had to get clearance from the IDF. Okay. Because once you're a citizen, yeah. they, they kind of expect it of you. And it, even even still, if I were to move back- You would have to. I would have to serve a, yeah. some sort of time, yeah. Yeah. Even though I, you know, before I went to college, it was actually a huge, like, thought. Like, I, it was you actually- really I was I was con- Yeah, it was a huge consideration of mine to, like, actually- think about joining the IDF because I was super passionate about it and I'd seen all my cousins do it and I love the country and I I felt the need and the want to like serve to you know serve my country mm-hmm. so what's making you go back into acting now or just like wanting to get back out there um it's a number of things um you know it took me a while to realize what I had what was, you know, right in front of me at the time, you know, when you're in it, it's, you're in it. So you can't really, you don't have the, the foresight to, to, you know, say, wow, this is awesome. I should really keep this up. It's great money. You know, I, I paid for college. Um, I, I've been financially independent for a while, mm-hmm. which is a great feeling to be able to help my, my parents and for them not to have to, you know, that's awesome. spend half, you know, a quarter of a million dollars on college, you know, when, they don't have to, which is nice. I'm really proud of that. And I have no shame in saying that. 
you know, I might come off as, you know, big headed, but it's, you know, it is what it is. And I'm very proud of it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an art form and you, it's a, a creative process and I'm a creative person mm-hmm. and I, you know, would consider myself an artist. I love all forms of art. Um, and I found that acting would be the best avenue to pursue my art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also interested in the behind the scenes, the directing, cinematography, screenwriting. I'm currently writing a screenplay. Um, and I think acting is a great way to kind of be around all those things. I mean, you see Bradley Cooper. He's been an actor forever. You see uh, Ben Affleck. You see all these all these incredible- Have they started as young as uh, you, would you say, or no? Ben Affleck, yes, actually. Ben Affleck started acting. He was, he was always an actor. Remember- he did the voyage of the Mimi, which is this like, it's yeah, it's a, it's an educational. I only know that because in fifth grade science class, we watched it. (laughs) It's like this TV series that is like an educational TV series that he was in. He was 10 years old, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's about like marine life and oceanography in Wales, which was awesome at the time. I'm sure it still is. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you see these very, famous actors getting into directing and getting into writing their own screenplays and whatever else. And I think after being on set for so long, after, you know, having so much experience on set and reading screenplays and, you know, you know, getting into character and seeing how, you know, how cameras work, this, these angles, this shot, whatever, you see how the director talks, you, you know, you're around that so much that you can kind of do that too. Mm. And I think the best way for me to, you know, kind of encapsulate all those things is to, be an actor um and then hopefully down the line i can get into you know the other aspects of that industry yeah that's awesome man yeah that's crazy yeah it is it's it's a it's a huge roll of the dice i would say um it's super competitive it's but i feel like now that you have that presence from earlier years it's easier for yourself to get into the industry or it's it that was my initial thought and i would say it has helped you know, it's a lot easier for somebody with a resume who's had experience to, you know, sign with an agent and mm-hmm. to have representation. That being said, people forget about you. <laughs> you yeah. know, you're not you're not this like face, you know, just because you're in this movie and in that show or whatever. You know, you're gone for four years. There's tons of kids like you. There's yeah. tons of talented people. There's tons of people who want to do the same shit and they'll do it. They'll do it better and you'll you'll get forgotten very quickly um which is just part of it no hard feelings that that's that's just the way it is it's very competitive who you know half of new york half of la everybody wants to be an entertainer a singer an artist of some sort it's it's so popular Mm -hmm. it's such a dream it's like you know you look at like a like an elementary school yearbook what is it it's like uh, i want to be an mlb professional baseball player i want to be an actor i want to be uh, uh, in the nfl it's like it's all the same level type shit where it's like and when this, you get older it becomes more realistic it becomes more realistic it becomes like this is actually super hard to actually do uh you, you know you're playing baseball in elementary school or like you're in and i never did theater but you're in you're in Sorry, theater that's my friend joey no that's fine no problem uh, you're in, you're in whatever. And it's, you know, you think it's, it's possible until you actually get there and you're like, wow, this shit is so hard. There's so many people that want to do this. There's so much talent. There's so much competition. 
and you got to put in work. You got to actually stand out and be good at it, be better than most people to actually get noticed and get recognized as with anything. I mean, like there's a ton of people working on Wall Street. Are they all millionaires? No. There's a ton of people in real estate. Are they all millionaires? No. You know, it's just you got to be the best at what you're doing to succeed. That's that's bottom line. Um, but there are more competitive industries than others. And how are you networking your way back into the process, if I were to ask? Um, so, Or do you think, or does the agent do it um, for you? No, a lot of it is just my own, my own work, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's kind of just honestly reading screenplays, uh, auditioning is a huge part of it, mm-hmm. uh, getting into character, taking classes. There's so many things that I didn't know about acting when I was younger that I'm learning now. Uh, that just kind of came naturally or didn't really matter as much. You know, having a cute face goes a long way when you're a kid actor. Yeah, but now, do you think that grows, sorry to interrupt you, do you think no, that fine. grows into maybe being professional, like you said, like Ben Affleck? Um, I think I think it has a lot to, what do you mean by that? So you're cute and you're younger, you're acting. Just because yeah. you're known in a presence, you're going to become more successful because you keep on acting. It depends. There's so many different angles. Yeah. You know, I'm just curious because I have no idea. No, no, of course. Of course. You look at you look at the cast from Game of Thrones. Yes. Right. You look at the cast of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. When did they start? Young. Yeah. So young. Right. Not much has developed. They don't know much. They, They haven't. You know, there's there's kids that have, you know, been in conservatories, acting conservatories. They've gone to. Juilliard and they've gone to Tisch and NYU, you know, NYU. They've even in high school, their, their whole thing was theater and acting. They've been like literally bred to be actors like Timothy Chalamet. He's who's an absolutely incredible actor. He, he's been acting forever. He's known and he's actually studied acting forever. But these younger kids who, you know, just get these these roles in these hit TV shows. It's that's a huge that's a big break. And obviously you're growing with a TV show, you're getting better as an actor, but it's, it, that's a lot of it, I think is luck when mm-hmm. it comes to that. Uh, you can, you know, for me, I'll be honest, I was in grown up, so that could have been my big break, but I went to college. Mm-hmm. You look at other kids, and, you-, you look at other kids in grown ups, uh, and they, you know, right after grown ups, they got a, you know, a Disney TV show mm-hmm. and they hit it off. And speaking of which I have to, I, I have to mention this because it's very fresh in my mind. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Boyce who recently passed, um, 20 years old, which was absolutely- Yeah, dude, I'm so sorry to hear about that too. Yeah, that was that was uh, super, super hard. Were you close with him after the set as well? So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. It was, it was a very tricky situation for me because I'd obviously known him for a while. We'd worked together. We'd spent two summers together. We were brothers on, you know, in the movie. Uh, but yeah, we lost touch. Honestly, we lost touch. Um, I kind of, you know, it just, it just happens. You lose touch with people and it's, it sucks and you regret it. And, you know, in the moment, you know, you have, you have life, people have their shit, you know, it's, but you know, what, what that teaches you is to just, just keep in contact with people that matter or to you at least, or that, you know, you find interesting or important or, that you know that you liked because he was an awesome kid and we did have an awesome relationship on set and it's just kind of it's just 
it just happens. You just, you lose touch with people mm-hmm. and you know, that's why it's called regret because it's regret once it's too late. And, uh, it, it's, it's a number of things. You get caught up in your own life. Uh, you know, you, you make excuses not to reach out. You're like, oh, like, well, you know, it's, it's been a while. What if they don't want to meet up? What if, you know, it's, it, you know, it comes off as weird, but it, just do it. Just text whoever, you know, text somebody you haven't texted in a few months. Just say, hey, say, what's going on? What's up, man? Like, it can't hurt. It can't hurt. And you think that, you know, it's 20 years old. There's a lot of life. We can, you know, meet up later on. Don't. Don't wait. Do it right now. Because, you know, it's 20 years old. You know, he had a seizure and died in his sleep. And it's terrible. It's like the most tragic thing ever. Just because it's... It's tragic regardless, but to see somebody with so much talent, so much like, so much good in him uh, go like that is is uh, super hard. Um, it's but. just tough though, just in that stance, because I feel like in my end, I'm always reaching out to people, but I feel like there's another side of that. People do have to take initiative on their end and reach out to. I don't know how you feel about that, but you're reaching out to enough people. I do feel like the other people... There, everyone's a text away now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that's the thing. It's it's a two-way street. Yeah. And if the way I see it is if you're thinking about it, if you're like, oh, why is this person not texting me? Swallow that pride and just text them. It, it's, you know, it's because they have their lives too. Mm-hmm. And they could be thinking the same thing. So, you know, it's, it's, there's no winning in that game. You know, what, what's, the, what's there to prove it's, it's just, just text them. It's like, oh, you know, why is this person not texting me? Like you start like, it's all in your head. It's you're formulating these thoughts that don't actually exist when there's really nothing going yeah, it's on. It's just as easy as being like, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you're not going to lose anything by doing it. You're only going to gain something. Even if, even if it's like a shitty interaction, you could say, Hey, I tried whatever. There's no harm in doing it ever. Yeah, so I had actually a whole episode on social media and we got behind the games with everything like Instagram, Snapchat and what kind of all that portrays, even as in like people living lives, happiness and all that stuff. But just would love to get your take on if you view social media as necessary now, like with just like being happy with an individual, if it actually portrays that lifestyle. Social media is a very... Um, it's very, for me, especially I'm, I've been struggling with social media a lot, uh, and my phone in general, I'm constantly on it. Mm-hmm. I'm like almost subconsciously on it and I'm aware of it. I'm aware, I'm aware of how much I'm on my phone, especially now when they have all these like timer things, when you can literally see how long you've been on your, on Instagram or whatever else throughout the day. And it's fucking terrible. Like you look at your phone and you're like, Instagram an hour and a half, two hours, like what? So much of your day. What the fuck? And it's just like, it's terrible, and it's an addiction. It actually is an addiction, and you don't see it as such because it's your phone, and everything is accessible. Everything is right there, and it's instant gratification. It's like it is. Like it's that's what it is. It's this this rush of dopamine, just scrolling through whatever and you don't even notice it until it becomes second nature and you're just like you pick up your phone without even noticing and you're on instagram before you know it 
And then half an hour passes and you're like, holy shit. I've been on my, I've just been aimlessly scrolling for half an hour. And people pick up things also when the situation's awkward, which I very notice is, I'll give you a, give you an example. You're in the elevator, right? Yeah. You don't acknowledge the person that's literally standing you go on half a foot away from them, but you're on your phone. Or people sometimes right now can't either eat a meal alone. I don't know if you've ever done that, but you know, there's like the phone on the left hand and there's the fork in the right exactly. hand. It's crazy, but um, no, it's a, it's a, it's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's like to avoid eye contact, to avoid some sort of interaction. You know, there's so many, I've caught myself literally like walking down the street and you know, I guess this, you know, in, on, on campus in Boulder where like you see somebody that you kind of know when you don't really want to talk to and you just go right on your phone, yeah, you pretend just, you didn't see them. You look at them from a far distance, but when you come up close, you just pull your phone out of your pocket. Exactly. You get it. Yeah. Then. And that's something I just don't do anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, you have to tackle those or those urges. That's how you grow. Yeah, exactly. And it's just those little challenges where it's just, you know, it's easier to look at your phone, but like say hi and interact and look at them in the eye and you'll feel better about it and you'll you'll grow from it um yeah i think i think social media is a, there's a lot of really positive things about it mm-hmm. uh you can stay in contact with people a lot easier you can yeah you can see what they're up to regardless of whether it's really what they're up to or what they want people to think they're up to um i think you can also learn a lot uh you know for example i have, I have an art account where I just I follow only art, mm-hmm. uh, and I can look through my newsfeed, and it'll only be art. I don't have Instagram currently right now, but um, wow, yeah, I've been off social media for a year. So that is incredible. Yeah, so I'm thinking good for of, you. I'm so I'm having somebody manage a social media account for my podcast right now. It's just been taken off a lot. Why? Why have you decided to uh... just to, for growth and business, um, for advertisement deals and everything? But I. Listen, it's going to be tough because I... No, no, why why have you decided to stay off of it for a year is what I'm saying. You know what? I was really in a time, um, I think it was last September, so it's almost coming up to a year, where I was happy, but in a sense, I was distracted by, I would be out at a bar and maybe the situation wasn't going right. And then I would just like pull up my phone and kind of like look things out. And maybe sometimes I would stay home and I would see other people out. I've been like, I'm kind of fucking depressed because everybody is out having such a good time and yeah. I'm out here looking at them having a good time. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it for a week. After that week, things were going great. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to try it for a month. And then after that month, I was just like, I'm never going to touch it again. So that's incredible. Facebook from time to time. That's but, huge, man. Yeah. The fact that you were able to do that is, is it's I admirable. It really is. Try admirable. it for out a day and see how you feel. But I I've know. tried. Yeah. I've tried. I'm, I'm no, I, I'm, it's, and I'm ashamed, I am ashamed to say because it's it sucks. I mean, it's different though because like needless to say, I don't know how many followers you have, but you probably have a bigger urge of staying on because of like a status. And plus, if you're probably going back into acting, there's got to be a social media presence there. I'm not sure if that's true. No, it is true, but it's, it's all bullshit. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's all bullshit. There are other ways to do it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's and you, for, for a while, I was like, you know, I'm I'm gonna make money off my Instagram. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna promote, you know, these brands and they'll pay me. And that's still an option. Not an option, but that's still a thought. Yeah. Uh that's you know, that people make careers off of social media. That's yeah, ridiculous. Uh and it is it is a great way to network and a great way to like promote yourself and promote your personal brand. Um but it's important to like again, in moderation, because you can get swallowed by it. Yeah. 
and it can become like a, just way too large a part of you uh like it has for me and i'm i have i'm trying i'm really trying and i you know i know i'll get there but mm-hmm. right now it's it's tough it's a it's a tough thing to to you know get a hold of and I think if you limit yourself, it's okay. But if you're using it kind of an abusive power, then uh, I would say it's different for sure. Yeah, absolutely. When you're using it aimlessly, yeah, it's just like it's numbing. It's a pastime of boredom. I would say that's dangerous because I think it's good to be bored. Like I agree. sometimes a lot of people can't handle being bored now. There's so. a, yeah, there's a ton of studies on boredom, mm-hmm. and the, yeah, the people who can be okay with being bored are usually the most present and the most just content what do you consider being bored now just out of curiosity bored that's that's a really interesting question actually um i don't know it's that's really really interesting yeah uh bored it depends um now it's boredom is not a thing for me right now Mm -hmm. because there's always something to do uh, there's always something to be done. And, you know, boredom, like I think when you're a kid, it's just kind of like you, you don't have obligations. You don't yeah. have responsibility. But now it's, if you find free time, if you find yourself with free time, and, and there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with relaxing yeah. and watching a movie and not doing anything. But if you're feeling bored, go do something. There's so much to do. Yeah, it's not just pick up my phone and scroll for thirty minutes until there's something to do. It's exactly. Just take a walk outside, like yeah. see what's see what's exactly. around. Really, yeah. There's there's endless things to do. I mean, especially in the city. But do your laundry, clean your room, write something, draw something, th- brainstorm, talk to your friends. Yeah, take a walk, sit on a bench and people watch. Like th- there's endless things to do. When I was younger and. You know, I couldn't drive or I would like be home alone, whatever. I, you know, you'd feel this boredom. Like, oh, like, what am I going to do? I just watched TV for three hours. Mm-hmm. Like, what else is there to do? And you don't have like the the capability of like coming up with things to do. But now there's there's endless things to do. So boredom is not really a thing. But I would say the most boredom that I feel is when I'm on my phone. Yeah. Wait, so just to go back to Cameron for a second. Have you been in touch with the other cast members since his... Yeah. So I, I wrote I yeah I wrote to some of the cast members, uh, I wrote to Naji and China, mm. who are who played uh, Chris Rock's kids in the movie. Just you know just a message. Um, I know China was incredibly incredibly close with him, uh, and they you know they kind of after grown ups kind of continued their career together because they were both on Disney and they really continued their relationship and became incredibly close. Mm-hmm. So I knew how hard that must have been. And again, I had lost touch with most of them. Uh, like Adam Sandler, just for uh question, because I know he's a big presence. And, and he was also, you also played your dad in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't expect to keep in touch with Adam yeah. Sandler. I didn't expect to keep in touch with like the famous people. They they Did they treat you right on set and they were really nice guys or? Yeah. Yeah, they they were really, really, I mean, I don't have enough experience to say that, you know, there are some people that are harder to work with than others, but they were all incredibly nice, very supportive, very down to earth, like mm-hmm. real people. Yeah. None of them seemed like out of reach, you know? 
where I was just like, oh, this person's famous and you can feel it. They all seemed like regular fucking people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that being said, there are, you know, business is business. And, you know, Adam had things on the line. It was his production company. He wrote the movie. He was producing the movie. There were deadlines. There are things that need to be done by a certain period of time or by this date. And if there are, you know, if things are, you know, running late or are kind of slow, you, you, yeah, you get stressed. Mm -hmm. It's his business. That's his life. And you'd feel that stress. There are times where when he yelled and he would be serious and, you know, you can't blame him. That's, that's his job. At the end of the day, that's, that's your job. Yeah. And it's just people, tough being on the other side of that because people don't really realize people that. don't see that yeah yeah people don't see that they see it as you know movie it's like this glamorous beautiful thing because they see celebrity they see fame mm-hmm. they don't see the job aspect of it um but yeah this is a career you know things are on the line not as much for me but for these people yeah who you know have been doing it for a while and have put things into it and have invested their time money whatever effort um, so yeah, I, I felt that. And that was kind of a, like a, a harsh realization too. Cause yeah, I also thought that it was peaches and cream for a while. I was like, oh, this is, but no, it's, there are times when it's, you feel like it's a business and things need to get done when they need to get done. Um, but overall they were absolutely incredible people. Awesome. Yeah. So you are ripping jewel right now. Yeah. I don't know if those are interested. I don't know how you feel about this idea, but give me uh, some feedback on this. My friend started this pod company called um, Pod Plug. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they smell good or no? Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> getting a little, yeah. <laughs> so he started this company called Pod Plug, right? So he's bringing in jewel pod vending machines inside of fraternities and clubs around the uh, United States. So. People listening right now, if uh, you're interested, I will drop the email in the description or uh, you could just hit me up at the JB show at gmail.com. And- I think that's actually a great idea. Yeah. Um, you know, in Europe, there are tons of cigarette dispensers uh, where you can just put, put your money in and uh, get a pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously the new wave. There are more people, or at least young people, uh, smoking jewel or vaping jewel than cigarettes. And yeah, you go out, you run out of pods, you don't want to go to the convenience store, you, you know, it's more convenient to have a Juul pod vending machine. But it's right, funny now though, right? right? There. People start on Juul rather than cigarettes now. Exactly. It's fucked up. It is, isn't it so fucked up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I did. I mean, I did too, so. I, no, I started, yeah. I started with cigarettes. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm not like proud of that, but yeah, yeah I, um. In, in Israel, Israel or? No, well, actually, yeah, kind of in Israel. Uh, I really like got into the habit of it in um, in Boulder because as a pledge, you need to have a pack of cigarettes on yeah. you at all times. Yeah, jewels on us. And uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, think about it though. Like, I mean, I was in a ho- senior year of high school when it peaked. Then, obviously, during college, it's when it really got. Yeah, yeah. I didn't discover a jewel till sophomore year. Okay. Um, or sorry, junior year actually, and then I was like. Not for it for a while. I was just like, no, like this yeah. is because I always associated vaping with like the big mods, yeah, like those big cloud things. And there was obviously that stigma around people who like vaped with those huge clouds. Um, I did too, and then till one blew up in my hand, so and I walked away. That's from that terrifying. Situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just like against it, and then I tried one, and I was like, oh, this is 
kind of like a cigarette. Well, do you remember your first flavor? It was t- tobacco. Tobacco. Because there wasn't any mango at yeah. the time. You're, you're only mango? I used to be until they like surged the price. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm just mint. Yeah. I mean, I woke up one day and to be honest, my lungs started kind of hurting from ripping jewels. So, but off of it for a couple of years. Um, Israel was the only time I kind of good indulged. for you, yeah. man. You're 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 great. Like you can just like be aware that something's not good for you and I mean, fucking it, stop it. It was really tough. It was definitely not easy. It yeah. was, really took a month to just not the idea of it doesn't gross me out. I just know now I can just not want it. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I know I don't want this because it puts a hole in my pocket. It's really expensive. And being what are, what's being the prices of it now, I'm just curious. It's twenty bucks for a pack of four, but it doesn't last too long, especially when your roommates don't have one and they ask you for it every second. Yeah, that's so annoying. Yeah, it's not the worst. It's the well, it's the worst. But aside from the worst thing is that you're actually dependent on it. Yeah, and like you need it, like you 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 feel the urge to hit a jewel, and that's fucked up. It's 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 not something anybody should be feeling. You know, you should be able to not be reliant on anything. Uh, and function at 100% without it. But yeah, you know, it's like I feel the urge to hit a jewel if I haven't for a while, which is not cool. And it's, you know, I do plan on stopping, but it's hard. It's hard, just like it's hard, you know, quitting social media or at least minimizing what do you think it. think it's more addictive if you were to pick one? I would say they're just as addictive, both. That's crazy. It's crazy how you can compare them, right? You have your jewel in one hand and your yeah. phone in the other. Yeah, it's it's like- fucked up. <laughs> We're, 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 and then you're we're, snapchatting we're, while dueling yeah we're all, we're all going to hell um no i'll be a little more optimistic than yeah. that but <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's it's not not a good not a good thing and it's you know young kids are getting into it way too young middle school like my last podcast i had a uh, my friend zach on and we talked about how middle schoolers are going to be playing Fortnite and dancing Fortnite on the teacher's desk while ripping jewel in their like right hand. Well, I yeah, it's that's coming. It's coming through. It, it is. You know, there's a, this whole study about like actual video game addiction now, and that's how that's like a real thing. Definitely, dude. On Friday uh, nights, kids are playing Fortnite rather than you know socializing. Houses yeah, yeah, or, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, just being outside. Yeah. I, like growing up, I was always constantly outside. We're the last generation to say you're a little bit older than me, but um, we did a lot of. Nazi zombies and yeah. Call of Duty, but uh, we did. We enjoyed we did. every second of outside. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I still do. I'm still like a huge outdoorsy. I love being in the woods. I, I think love Boulder is very outside. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a new generation and things are changing. And you know, it's it's the the, the thing where. Every generation that's older will say, "Oh, you know, when I was when I was a kid, we did this and that." And then it's you can't be a hater, you know. You yeah. you can't be like the the older person who's you know like the like our parents are like, "Oh, millennials are so entitled," <laughs> you know. They're so impatient. They're yeah. so you know. It's like there's such different priorities. You guys are just like always on your phone. Everything's at the you know blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't born in the fifties and sixties and seventies where you you know it's it's sorry. That's just. That's the way we grew up. That's what we are. And then I'm sure we'll do the same thing. But what do you, you know, think? I talk down to my younger sister, you know, where she's like, like, how old is her, she? She's 17. Okay. Not, but yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah. 23, 17. It's yeah, yeah. It's the difference. Huge. Yeah. It, it really is. It's a, it's a different generation. Um, And it's hard not to like compare and be like, oh, 
Like, would you even like step foot outside? Because yeah, yeah, when I was a kid, we would play outside. What year? Play... Was, what year? Seventeen senior of high school. She's gonna be a senior. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was like definitely eight years ago for me. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I know. I can't even think what I was doing. Actually, senior year, yeah, we it was a lot of outside, but um, it was more senior year. Just... I was smoking a lot of pot. Yeah. Uh, which was yeah ridiculous, <laughs> but I loved senior year. Senior it was, was great. Oh yeah, senior year of any school is great because you're on, you feel like you're on top of the world. What's the what is the transition like out of college? Because me myself, I'm scared. I bet you, my listeners are definitely scared. I want to know firsthand, like because you traveled right away, which I highly recommend to people. Absolutely, I'm gonna do the same goddamn thing. Absolutely, yeah. I that's number one. Don't worry about getting a job yeah. right away. It'll come. And that comes with privilege, too. You know, some people don't have that privilege to, you know, travel after college or take some time off to think and, you know, you know, think about what they want to do and where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Some people have to get a job. Yeah. Some people have debts to pay. Some people have student loans to pay. Some, you know, some people, whether they have student loans or not, still have to get a job to live because their parents want them out of the house. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I was privileged enough to have the flexibility to kind of take a breather and travel and, you know, do what I wanted to do for a little bit. Um, and I'm assuming, you know, I can't generalize, but I'm assuming your listeners do too. Um, so I would say don't, you don't have to follow the the, the path that, you know, is I have to have a job lined up after college and, you know, I have to you know, sign a contract before I graduate so I can have everything lined up and ready to go. It's okay to not have everything set in stone. It's completely okay. It's it's a little like, you know, worrisome and it's, you know, you're in a vulnerable position, but it's okay. And it, it does end up falling into place and it does end up working out. And it, t- it took a while. After traveling, you know, traveling was just like... Were coming back? Were you just like, fuck? I wasn't, I wasn't like... I wasn't regretting. I'm uh, not regretting. I wasn't. What was it? What would you use? Regretting. Regretting. Or no, that's not even the right. No, word. it's. Uh, Were you not looking forward to coming back? Right. Yeah. Um. No, I, I was okay with coming back because I wanted to like get my life started. Yeah. But once I got my life started, I you can't see this, but I'm putting up quotations. Yeah. Um. It's, it's still super tough. It's a really sharp transition. And there's a lot that hits you at once. And it's incredibly, incredibly hard. I'll be very honest. I was, you know, and I think it's, people should be able to talk about this, especially men who don't, you know, kind of conceal their feelings and, you know, have to- Vulnerability is key. Vulnerability and communication and expression is key. And um, yeah, I agree with that completely. I was very depressed for a very long time. It, it did take me a while to really express myself in a certain way. Yeah. Just to stop really caring what people thought. Absolutely. It takes practice and I, I think failure and experience for sure. Absolutely. And it takes a, it also takes a good support system. Mm. Having good friends and a supportive family or supportive group of friends that are able to get there with you, are able to get deep and are able to, you know, communicate. And, it, you know, it's, it's an... It's so rare and I'm so, so happy that I have such a strong group of friends where I can talk to them 
and cry to them and tell them how I'm actually feeling that, you know, there's so much, so many, and I've felt this, you know, especially in the Greek community, especially with your frat bros, whatever, where, you know, you don't, you don't feel like you can really say what you're feeling. It's just, you, 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 it's this dynamic where you're just, you know, you're pre-gaming, you're getting fucked up. You're talking about girls, you're talking about all this like shallow surface level bullshit and it's fun and it's whatever and it's distracting but there's always other things going on internally there's always things that are happening that you need to express you need to talk about whether it's with the therapist whether it's with your friends whether it's with your family i think it's really important um and you know we've kind of been like bred as men to like kind of conceal all these things and like this this be like this masculine what person what do you think people are afraid of though just they're, by they're afraid of one they're afraid of coming off as weak or soft or a pussy, you know, like if, you know, you're crying in front of your, your frat bros, you're a bitch, right? Like you're, you're, you're a pussy, which is totally wrong. If anything, you, you have it more figured out than them because they're feeling that too. They're They're, just not willing to express it. They're just swallowing it. Yeah. Which will end up with them having a mental breakdown, snapping, or just continuing to push it farther down. Which is not the answer ever. It's true. It's it's all true. Yeah, you're right. Um, so you know, it it was very hard going back to you know college and transitioning to working and having a job. It's incredibly hard, but there is you know as cliche as it is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and you do kind of get your wits about you and realize that it's okay not to have it figured out, and it's okay to just be uneasy and have doubts and not fully know where you're going. You just have to like embrace it and live one day at a time. And you can have a plan, you can have a, you can think about your future, but you know, don't hold it to such a high regard where it's just like, if this doesn't happen, I'll fall apart. Yeah, so Daniel, when I was like having lunch with Daniel, he basically said, he told me two things. He said, one, enjoy the process. So, and then number two, it kind of aligns with it as make an end goal, but at the same time, expect that that end goal is going to fail. Yeah. So I thought that was really good advice because I was just talking about the same thing of, you know, graduation's near. A lot of people don't have their shit figured out. And then like that, you know, I'm most scared for is not taking the opportunity to, you know, explore more about myself and kind of travel and learn. Absolutely. Or plan B is to just, you know, come back to the city, you get a job, and then boom, there's five to 10 years. There's always a safe plan and there's always a risky plan. There's always like two parts of your brain. Yeah. At least for me. No, for sure for me too, dude. This summer I was either Israel or New York City and I chose New York City. Exactly. And it's not that it's the wrong decision by no means, but you have to be aware, self-aware enough to know whether you're making the decision based off of like, you wanting to be comfortable or you doing what you actually want to do. Um, Because sometimes what you want to do or what you have in mind isn't the most comfortable thing. Isn't the most like ideal or like convenient thing. Like, yeah, going to Israel this summer, like would have been kind of a challenge. You would have to step out of your comfort zone. Being in, I mean, even being in New York is still stepping out of your comfort zone. I feel like I have my phone in silent. It's just not it's, working. Hey, yeah, all, all good. No, you yeah. don't have to apologize to me. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, 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 I think it's, you got to, so at times, 
you know, I'm not saying you made the wrong decision, but at times you gotta, you gotta just get out there yeah. and fucking do it and, and see, see what happens. Fail. You know, it's. So I know this is very general and it's kind of philosophical. How do you go about weighing two important life decisions? I know just for instance, you either chose to go acting acting path or you wanted to go to college. I don't know if that's actually the decision you made, but um, how, do you, how, do you, how do you pan out and really know which one is the right decision and what's your decision process behind that? I think a lot of it has to do with intuition. Uh, it's this thing that you can't really explain to anybody, uh, nor should you have to, but it's, it's just kind of, it's intuition. It's knowing what you have to do or, and knowing what you want to do and knowing what's best for you. Uh, and sometimes knowing what's best for you isn't enough because there have been many times where I've known what's best for me and I've done the opposite. Um, and that comes with like growth and maturity. Yeah. Um, but it, it's at the end goal is to be happy, right? The end goal is, is to be fulfilled and feel, feel the, feel like just be happy with yourself. But you can't search for that though. That's just coming with current experience. That's what I've learned personally is when you're searching for happiness, it's not, yeah, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not something you can see. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's yeah. It's just, it's intuition. And it's doing what you feel is right and what you feel is best for you at the end of the day. Um, and it's not not to say that that's, you know, going to be the easiest route. It might be the hardest route. But at the end of it, at the end of the day, you'll I think you'll realize that it's it's the most fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And if it actually if you're able to, like, achieve what you had in mind, it's it's an incredible thing. Um. And I think, I think it's a it's a growing process. You can't be too hard on yourself. It's okay to to not be happy with yourself and say, "Hey, I fucked up there," or "I made the wrong decision," or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, you you it's all it's all part of growth. It's all whether whether you made the right decision or you made the wrong decision. You're growing from it. Yeah. Um, but recognizing the failure, though, I well, think it's, that's yeah, a good it's, thing. it's it's recognizing it. Yeah, it's recognizing that you made the wrong decision. Because a lot of people are just like, no, it's not my fault. But like, yeah, dude, just you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah, that you you can you can make the wrong decisions, but if you aren't aware enough to say, hey, that wasn't what I should have done, or that wasn't the best thing for me, then it it's yeah. useless. Yeah, uh, I think something that's really important, something that's really helped me out a lot. Um, is meditation. I'm trying to get into that. Do you have any tips for a starter? Yeah. Or? I, meditation has absolutely changed my life. Okay. I got to hear about this 100%. Yeah, a, yeah. Meditation has been incredible. Um, it's, there's so many different forms. There's so many different ways to go about it. You know, the the stereotypical meditation is, you know, you cross your legs, you have your th- you know, fingertips together, you're closing your eyes. It's like this very Buddhist thing. But there's yeah. so many different ways to meditate. You can meditate with your eyes open. You can meditate while walking. You can meditate on a leaf. You can meditate in so many different ways. On You can meditate on so many different things. Um, but I think, you know, you, there is, it's... You have to learn. You mm-hmm. have to learn how to do it. And it is practice. You have to practice meditation. Um, and there has to be like a consistency involved. 
and I've read books and I've, I've, you know, done these like guided meditation courses that you can, one, one app that I think is really helpful is insight timer. Okay. Um, insight timer, insight timer, I'll check it out. There's another one. I'm, I'm like slipping on the, the name. one. I know that there's this guy in a British accent that talks and it's like, you could either choose the easy level or hard level. Right. Yeah. That's I, I'm I'm forgetting what it's called. It's too. it's the it's a really popular yeah. app. Um, but I Insight Timer is really great because you can either do like a guided meditation where you, you know, there's like I said, there's so many different ways. So you can do like awareness based. You can do like trying to uh, like manifest something, uh, feel bliss, feel happy with yourself. Uh, for anxiety, for sleep. There's so many different things and you can like go on this app and they'll have these guided meditations that focus on these different things. And from that, you can kind of like formulate what works for you and see like, okay, this was really, this was really helpful. This was really impactful. These words or this mantra really got to me. Or you can like take someone and be like, that didn't really resonate. That didn't really like stick with me. That like, I couldn't, that really didn't like make my brain think. Um, do you sit down while doing it or is it you just, can, you can, how did what you, I, how did you get in? Like, how did I, I want to know, it? not get into it, but what were the early stages of it and how did you practice it in the early stages? Was it just you laying down flat in bed or legs crossed? I want to know. I um, start, no, started off sitting like on a couch, legs on the floor, flat on the floor, okay. back straight, back and neck aligned. Uh, closing your eyes. I read like, and that's the thing. There's no right way to do it. Yeah. Um, I've read many books where it's just like you, you know, when you close your eyes, you should have them a third of the way like tilted up instead of like just having them right there because that like your brain, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, you have to ex- experiment with different types and see what works for you. Okay. And also see what, you know, have an idea of what you're trying to get out of it. Um, I think, you know, Insight Timer is a great app, a great book to kind of put you in that mindset and make you think is the untethered soul. Untethered soul. Um, That's a really good book. And I've read books on meditation that have been very like jargony and like Mm -hmm. very like almost like too spiritual or it becomes like religious. And it's just like kind of a turnoff for me. Meditation is just a way for me to like center myself, be present. Uh, be in silence, be with myself, be with my thoughts or try and rid myself of all thoughts and kind of understand myself better, understand who I am better, unpeel the layers of me. That's uh, so deep, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, it is deep. And you know, it, it sounds, it sounds weird sometimes and it sounds cliche. But I mean, weird's good now. Yeah. Come on. Weird has always yeah. been good. <laughs> Back then, I don't know if weird's good, but I think yeah. weird now is, it's great. Yeah. 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 I mean, as long as it's it's genuine. Everyone's weird, but if they're willing to display it, I think it says something. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think I think like, I've like, always been true. Yeah, listen, because I feel like um, especially with my friends at home, we always we have these like secret languages and secret yeah. like whatever, just yeah, like yeah, tell yeah. the way about. But <laughs> <laughs> if we're willing to display it out, then I'm no. Just like, hey, yeah. I mean, I got nothing to prove, really. Yeah. I, I'm uh, you know, before we started, it was. You know, is there anything we shouldn't talk about? It's just laid on me. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll answer as truthfully as possible. All right, so we've been going for 138. So I think- Yeah, uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Final minute. Um, I do have one final question for you. Yeah, go for it. What's ahead, bro? Like, what is? what are your future goals? I know you said acting, but right now in the next foreseeable months, do you have a plan or- Yeah, uh, so 
it's a, it's a great question because I just moved into the city and um, I was making a lot of excuses uh, when I was living at home about, you know, why I can't do things or why this is holding me back from pursuing that or doing that. Now all those excuses have kind of like gone down the drain because there's no excuses to be made. Yeah. I'm in the city and now it's time to do what I said I was going to do that I thought I wasn't able to do when I was living at home. So... <clears throat> In the foreseeable future, next few months, next six months, uh, I will continue to act. I will continue to work my nine to five, nine to six, whatever. I do plan on writing a lot, uh, writing a lot of sketches, writing screenplays, uh, recording a lot of videos. <clears throat> Me and my friend would like to start a podcast as well, actually. I mean, dude, if there's, I can help you out with whatever you need. Yeah. If Our you see, feet, yeah, literally, I'll show you how to set it up from yeah. start to finish. Absolutely. That'd, yeah. that'd be very helpful. Yeah. Got you, whatever you need. Yeah, appreciate that. And yeah, we'd like One to start One recommendation a- I have for yeah, you. Yeah, go for it. I know you have a friend that you want to start it with. It's so beneficial to be having it with just one host only because you can get so many other perspectives. I don't know if you want the same perspective between the banter between two people every time. That's up to you. But I highly recommend because I started with somebody else at first and I realized I, I want to try this out on my own and then yeah. on my own realize now I'm seeing a lot of success. But mm-hmm. that's what my recommendation is to you. But very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's up to you. Totally. No, I, I've, I've thought about that yeah. because, I, you know, we're obviously best friends. We're, yeah. This is my roommate now. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting. Like once you're actually talking on a microphone on a podcast, the dynamic can change yeah. and things might not work out as People, well as you thought. Yeah. Just the different perspective is always good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I, I plan on doing exactly what I'm doing, but just awesome. more of it. Um, and yeah, this was awesome. I had a really great time. Well, dude, thank you uh, for coming on the JB show. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that probably wraps things up. But uh, thank you again, Jake. Yeah, we'll thanks catch for you guys having me. Next bro. time on the JV show. Woo woo.